0: church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring uplifting and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today.
1: I'm Dennis Hall, and I'm again excited about Dr. Mark Ford being with us this morning, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Highlands, North Carolina. Welcome today, Pastor Mark.
0: Well, thank you, Dennis. Glad to be with you again.
1: Well, we're going to be talking again about Another interesting uh, subject this morning, uh, something we all do, worry, worry. Where does it come from? I was just looking at some interesting uh, statistics from the Citizens Commission on Human Rights International that uh, tracks how many prescribed medications here in the United States are delivered for anxiety, worry, mood, depression, It's 77 million people are on prescribed medications. This doesn't even include the people out there that I run into that are buying medications for those kinds of things uh, illegally that are not prescribed medications. It's a staggering number. What do you think about that?
0: Well, if anything, it speaks to the fact that there's a lot of people out there that don't have uh, the peace of God and peace with God.
1: Well, I think that's right. You know, uh, we, we certainly see in the Scripture uh, uh, Jesus and the apostles talking about this whole issue uh, from a, uh, a gospel and a, a uh, faith standpoint. You know, it's a, it's a very interesting situation that we have in our country. I, I'm really kind of even shocked about the uh, advertisements that I see on TV advertising cannabis cannabis products to deal with mood and anxiety, just openly advertised on our mainline channels. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's uh, – well, and of course, if it's not cannabis, it's alcohol, so it's something.
1: Oh, sure. And uh, we seem to be – mankind, uh, I guess, all over the world, and I seem to think because of the uh, economic status of the United States, these substance abuse problems – seem to be far more prevalent in our country than even around the world.
0: Well, and I think that comes with industrialization, too, and the globalization. I think that uh, we've just uh, garnered more reasons to be stressed and anxious upon ourselves.
1: Right, exactly. You know, I uh, recently heard about a woman who uh, came for pastoral care complaining of constant anxiety, saying when she watched the news, she became afraid that the tragedy she was observing was somehow going to affect her family. When she heard about a new disease or or someone affected by a sickness, uh, she began to worry about how that was going to impact uh, her family and friends. Uh, she began to find herself uh, fearing that uh, the catastrophic disasters that we see occurring on TV somehow might reach her. And she worried about the economy and the future for her job and her husband's job. She found herself constantly irritable with her children, uh, constantly too tired to enjoy an intimate relationship with her husband. She uh, said that she was constantly tired, worn out, too fried to enjoy her family. And that she felt like she was losing the people she loved, worrying about the vulnerability of her family. Now, I got a feeling that you run into that sometimes in your ministry, and I have too. And and this sort of just describes the average, everyday person out there. Uh, not somebody that we might look at who uh, really is uh, homeless, really is in some deep, deep troubles, uh, really has lost all their friends and family and really is suffering from disease, on and on. This is just an average, everyday person. This person we're talking about, you know, she may be on the verge of seeking uh, substance help.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just heard somebody yesterday, a gentleman spoke to me. Uh, and he, he told me his wife watches the news constantly, and he says he refuses to. He said, I won't watch any of it. And I, I got to thinking about it is that it's because, um, you know, he doesn't want to hear the bad news. He doesn't want to hear about all the stresses and the conflicts and the chaos in our world. And so he, he kind of uses the I'm going to put my head in the sand approach to it but on the other hand, I don't blame them because if you can get rather inundated with it. I think the thing that makes it even harder is the fact that it's in our living rooms and that therefore it's more intimate. It's on the screen. It's in front of you. It's not on the newspaper like it used to be, which gave more dissonance to the bad news. Now the bad news is live, immediate. I mean, it was like yesterday. We were right there watching the uh, the shooting in the school. Uh, in, t- uh, in Austin, Texas, and, and all of a sudden, we're sucked into that, and we're made to feel a part of that stress and that anxiety, even though we're separated by hundreds of miles and know no one there, but still, we feel drawn into it.
1: Right, uh, yes, and, and, and as we're drawn into it, uh, and let me just stop right here and say this. This is probably a good time to say this. There really are serious anxiety disorders and serious uh, psychiatric depression disorders that should be treated by physicians. That's not what we're really talking about here this mm-hmm. morning. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not trying to an- analyze a particular person's situation uh, but but all of us suffer from what we refer to as stress and anxiety and mm-hmm. uh, and, and and so we say. Does stress produce anxiety or does anxiety occur on its own? Yeah, I think they're different.
0: Uh, And I think, first of all, stress can have two different uh, aspects to it. Uh, You know, when we talk about stress, we're talking about the pressure exerted on something or the pull of something. That's the definition of it. We are fearing some harm or we have emotional mental strain, I can I believe that can be both good and negative uh, the negative is comes from assuming too much responsibility uh, or involvement in the circumstances uh, and that's and we've got to remember the Bible tells us the Lord said he would not tempt us or try us beyond our ability in First Corinthians 10 13 uh, so Whatever stress we may feel, it can be good, but if it begins to translate into anxiety and depression, then we've taken on too much. We've allowed too much to be put on our plate, far beyond what the Lord wanted us to have. Uh, But there is good stress. I mean, uh, our Lord had stress in the Garden of Gethsemane for our sins. Uh, The psalmists talk about in their lives as they deal with uh, some of the challenges and they cry out to the Lord. Stress can be good and then it can turn us to Christ as well as help us to operate better. But when you get into anxiety, that's when you get into the uh, physiological as well as the emotional uh, because then we're just filled with apprehensions about outcomes that are not in our hands. Anxiety is simply, I'm worried about this and we forget that the Lord's got these things in his hands and were to trust in him. I guess what I'm saying, Dennis, is I believe that some people that enter into the realm of anxiety, especially Christians, is basically they've uh, lost their faith to a degree, and uh, they're no longer trusting in the Lord, but they're, they're trying to anticipate problems that they should be leaving in the hands of the Lord, especially when we had Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled.
1: Right. You know, if without without a certain amount of stress, we wouldn't be motivated to deal with a lot of things. You said uh, earlier that uh, it's important in terms of our ability to operate in this life. I mean, simple things like... Uh, You know, uh, without a certain financial stress, a family Mm -hmm. wouldn't be motivated to create a family budget or or without a certain amount of stress from uh, a relationship, maybe a spousal relationship, Mm -hmm. no one would seek counseling to rectify that. So stress, as you said, could be a very positive thing. I think it is, especially if you're on uh, I-85 going
0: through Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> you just, uh, you know, you, <laughs> you need a little bit of stress to keep you alert and to keep you motivated. And I believe the Lord wants us to carry some, some uh, a degree of, of stress because it does keep us alert. And it also makes us wary. It's part of our protection against, for instance, the... Satan as a roaring lion. I think that we need to be aware that we're at war, and so this, that kind of stress can be good.
1: Right, and you know, as human beings, uh, God created us in a way that we are vulnerable to loss uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and insecurity about the things that we value, the things that we love. As human beings, that is our plight. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of who God created, a very insecure, high-risk kind of creature on this earth.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned it a while ago, the concern that we should have. I mean, um, concern is, a, is, is about our interest. It's a bit of a disquiet uh, about the future welfare of ourselves and others. And I think that uh, Christians today ought to be having more and more concern, given the world we live in, But concern uh, is not anxiety. Concern is not worry. It is simply, uh, it's kind of like, I, you you know, when you talk about the loss, we, we fear losing things. And in these economic times, I'm sure a lot of people are under stress, entering into anxiety because they're afraid they're about to lose everything in the markets or within this or that. And Proverbs, of course, tells us that God's little creature's uh, they prepared for the winter. Well, what motivated them to do that? The concern for the winter. And so there's things that we we motivate ourselves. These We have the wisdom and the spiritual insight to realize that things are happening. Those are gifts from the Lord. They may cause stress, but they shouldn't create anxiety or worry because we know the Lord is guiding us through these times, and giving us wisdom and understanding.
1: That's right. You know, the, I mean, if we think about it, the opposite of worry is being calm and content.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but I, I have to say, did God really want us to just have a carefree life? No. No.
0: No. no that You know, there's a, there's a term in theology, they call it fideism, that's having faith in faith. In other words, I'm just going to believe the Lord and everything will be okay, and I'm going to sit back and twiddle my thumbs, and everything's going to be okay. But the, the Lord that you and I serve uh, would tell us that there's a calmness that we should have about us because we're trusting in the Lord. We're content. Paul said, I've, whatever state I find myself in, I'm content. Why is he content? Because well, he believes that the Lord is the one that's uh, in control of his life and his circumstances. And he has joy in the Lord. But I do not see a thing in the Bible that promises you and I a carefree life that uh, has no problems or no worries. Uh, Again, I go back to I believe we can have peace with God through Christ. That's our personal salvation. That's the security and hope we have of eternal life. And the peace of God in my life, the shalom, is nothing more than I trust the Lord no matter what the circumstances are. No matter what the situations are, and they might be really horrible situations, but the Christian, deep in his heart, knows the Lord. Well, let's just go ahead and say it, Romans eight twenty eight. Right. All right. things work together for right. good to those that love God right. and are called according to his purpose. That does not say you're not going to have problems, and you're not going to have even at times the battle between worry and stress.
1: You know, a number of years ago, I was contacted by a church who asked me to deliver a Christmas basket to a family and they gave me an address and I took my two children who at that time were very young with me and when I arrived it was a very small one-bedroom home and the walls were literally made of cardboard tacked up to Mm two-by-fours and Mm -hmm. so I knocked and went in and I met a a beautiful elderly woman who was the grandmother of the family, two daughters, and four children, all living in this cardboard house with one bedroom. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they were so grateful that uh, they had been thought about and, and that they had received a Christmas basket. When I got ready to leave, the grandmother requested that we all hold hands, and she began to lead us in prayer. Mm-hmm. And her prayer was how wonderful God has been to their family, mm-hmm. protecting them and providing for them. And she went on and on and on with adoration for the blessings that had God had given her. Yeah. And I was, so, I was so moved by that whole experience and thought to myself, you know, how, how ungrateful I am about what yeah. God has given me in my life. Right. And I think that's the key
0: word, gratefulness. If uh, uh, the Bible constantly compels us to be thankful and express thanks for what we have, but we are too busy looking at what we don't have, therefore we lose contentment. We're breaking the commandments of covetousness and greed. And we're we're pursuing things that we think will give us that contentment that's really deep in our hearts with the Lord if we would just find it there. I'm always amazed at people who live in adverse circumstances that have a sense of the presence of God and the peace of God, peace with God. And I always leave those kind of places feeling like a penny waiting for change right. because right. these people have discovered something that I'm afraid, uh, quite honestly, Satan would love nothing more than, for a little while longer at least, to keep us prosperous so that we won't turn to the Lord and find our contentment in Him.
1: You know, Mark, uh, a great uh, a great Christian philosopher that you and I both love, uh, Kierkegaard, wrote mm-hmm. a parable one time that really speaks to what you're talking about, and it the parable goes something like this. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful lily that lived in a quiet place and was quite content with being who she was. Then one day, a naughty little bird appeared in her life with false promise that life is much better out there in the big world. The lily fell in love with the bird and listened with envy to his stories about the truly glorious lilies that flourish in a faraway place and in comparison with them, she felt ugly and worthless. Lily became distressed and could not bear her present situation anymore. She therefore willingly agreed that the bird uproot her from her home and take her with him to where the gorgeous lilies grow. She never got the chance to be one of these lilies, however, because being uprooted, Lily withered on the way and died. Now, yeah. Lily, I think, is us. And the little yeah. bird is that little voice inside our head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Only Kierkegaard could write something like that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he was the, uh, theologian, the theologian psychologist. Uh, and uh, he, he was really interested in the heart and the soul and the mind. But, yeah, we, we are suffering from ingratitude. We're suffering from narcissism, which drives our desire for more and more, and we'll never get it. And the simple command of Jesus who said, Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things be added unto you, there's our problem. Right, And that's why we have anxiety. That's why we have worry and stress is we're looking in the wrong places.
1: That's right. Yeah, I mean, this little parable uh, kind of, portrays us, and, you know, the part of the source of our worry is we have this tendency to compare compare our situation with others, that there's some better place, that the grass is greener on the other side, and that we all deserve that. Yeah. That seems to be part of our, our problems.
0: I know a lot of preachers like that.
1: yes well i think we're i think we all fall victim to that that's that's for sure yeah well you know the other thing i think about is uh when i'm thinking about the source of worry and why we're so prone to worry is it's uh is we can't be focused on the present and enjoy our present circumstances we we have a tendency to want to look to the future, which is sort of a, represents and reflects a lack of appreciation for what we do have. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And, and that's
1: why it's one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not covet. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the Ten Commandments, <laughs> you know, they speak to a lot of things, and that's that's one of the things they speak to, and, and that's this uh, this envy that we might have for others, and and what we think we deserve, what we think uh, we might have, and and then we, like we said earlier, we meet people in dire circumstances who recognize mm-hmm. that what God has given them is this. Uh, and 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 then I think about the fact that as we're thinking about that, our vulnerability, you know, the the fact that. Uh, you know, we're susceptible to sickness, even death, even early right. death. We don't know if God is going to allow us to enjoy tomorrow. Uh, we're susceptible to job losses. We're susceptible to loss of relationships, of, of important people in our sphere and, uh, and in our, even in our families. And uh, and we have all these susceptibilities of things that can hurt us, uh, you know, w- whether we're going to be rich or poor, whether we're going to be well-fed are hungry whether we're going to be mm-hmm. well clothed or or wear rags all these things humanity is susceptible for and, and they're right around us i mean we see people in our immediate sphere who are dealing with these these difficult things and then you say well where is this worry where where is where does it come from and and one of the things i think about is it because We just don't want to have any of these vulnerabilities. And I think, well, who is it that doesn't have these vulnerabilities? And it's God himself. It's God. God Mm -hmm. does not have the human vulnerabilities. And so then I say, well, is our worry just a representation that we want to be like God?
0: Well, yeah, I think that's probably part of the problem. But when we get the when when we get the job description, and he says, "Okay, I'll let you be your God for a while," uh, we usually make a mess of it uh, because we can't control all these in issues and circumstances around us, and so we we bring upon ourselves a lot of stress and anxiety mm-hmm. when we want to guide the ship. And the hardest thing for Christians to do is to truly rest in the Lord and let Him guide the ship, and. I Listen, I'm I'm preaching to to myself here. Too many nights I've spent lying there trying to figure out how I'm going to handle an issue the next day or a problem the next day. And it won't be long before the, the Lord will say, are you trusting me? And, you know, eventually I have to yield to the fact that I'm still trying to guide the ship. And he won't let me if I'm going to truly be a person of faith. I can't call myself a person of faith if I'm going to try to guarantee outcomes through my efforts.
1: Right. Exactly. You know, uh, <clears throat> that's, an, that's a great segue into the whole thought about, well, how do we go about uh, getting there where we – turn everything over to jesus everything over to god and it, it, it it's like i heard someone say well i'm pretty good at, at uh, praying about my worry and just <laughs> when i think jesus is not paying attention i take it back yeah yeah i take it back yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i it, uh, the the mind is a uh, it's a wonderful thing but it can be it's a cursed thing too because trying to get it to rest and not think beyond what the lord has just declared to you peace be with you
1: right yeah. right
0: and he came into the disciples every time he would appear to the disciples post resurrection what would he say peace be with you why was he saying that well they were kind of worried about the future and he's saying peace be with you And what's the last thing he says to him before he ascends to heaven? He says, I am with you always.
1: Right, exactly. You know, I think about uh, the verses in Matthew 6 where the disciples were worrying about, uh, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear today? Uh, All these basic needs. And then Jesus tells them, do not worry. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and yeah. all these things will be given to you besides. Right, right. Yeah. Right.
0: And even if they're not, if for some reason he, the Lord allows us, and we know we have many brothers and sisters in Christ in the world who go through deprivations, and I'm sure they're wondering where the uh, daily bread is, according to the Lord's Prayer. But they've also learned the secret that God is at work, even in that deprivation. That's why Paul said, I've, I've learned, Paul said, whatever state I'm in, to be content. Why? Because I know the Lord has a purpose, and that's something else. I guess if we should worry about anything as Christians, it should be, am I living to the glory of God?
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, I think what it boils down to, and I think you've said it very well, and that is we've got to accept our vulnerability as humans and understand mm-hmm. that's, that's part of being a human being, the things that right. impact us. And we've got to be prepared for some, some trials that, that we don't expect. And we see it happening really in our own communities and all, all around the world. And as we accept that, we can reach that point where there's a, a total yielding to the will of God and the Holy Spirit.
0: Right. I think something else that the church could do, too, with people, all of us together as Christians, but even with people going through especially hard times, is to realize that they don't need um, advice, maybe, about how they got into that problem or how they are going to deal with the problem that's coming upon them. The best thing that we can do for them is be the presence of the Lord in love and support and grace. And then when we're when we're those hands and those feet, you know, as Mother Teresa said, if we're those hands and those feet to people, it won't matter what the problem is. They just need to know that someone loves them, cares for them, and is with them through it. We don't have to have the answers. I don't have to have all the answers for my life, and I don't have to have the answers for everybody I minister to. I just need to be his loving presence, gracious presence, and that, I have found, has brought more healing and more strength to people than all the fancy words I could speak.
1: Well, let me try to sum up what we've been talking about, uh, Pastor Mark. <clears throat> we are vulnerable human beings, and we're going to have trials in our life. But every step of the way, God is with us. He understands us. He knows what's going on. And he has prepared A place for us All we have to do Mm -hmm. Is grab his hand And follow him God bless you Pastor Mark And thank you so much For being with us today I look forward to having you on again